importantly, I want to live, I want to live a much bigger life than I did. So in some ways, this particular holiday was a bit of a compromise because actually I quite like holidays to be far more adventurous and go horse riding for several days or something like, you know, do something completely different to sitting around the pool and, you know, all the, all the things that would maybe bring about boredom, that bring about drinking and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I just do design my life around it um, to an extent. Welcome to the 1000 Days Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davy. I'm not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am alcohol-free as fuck, and I spend every single waking moment of my life helping other people do the same and live a self-led life like right now. Today, our guest is Susie. Uh, Susie has been a striver for four years and is currently 266 days alcohol-free as fuck, and smashing it. I've watched with so much pride as she's grown into her AFAF lifestyle and started spending more time in self-energy, thus creating more love and more connection in her life, particularly with her relationship with herself and those that are close to her. Susie has experienced many milestones during our time together, and she is a guest today to speak about one of them, and that's her first ever sober holiday or vacation for our US-based strivers out there. I know that this is a really tough, tough time for people who are trying to be AFAF, right? Like they have holidays planned. Every single holiday is being like all-inclusive, just get smashed from the moment you wake up in the moment, the moment you go to bed. Um, and to actually navigate one of these holidays uh, sober, especially if some of the people you're going out with uh, are drinking, is really, really difficult. So Susie's come on today to talk about that, and I hope you get a lot of benefit out of it. If you uh, would like to talk to Susie or ask her a question or ask me a question about this episode, email me at thestrivemethod at gmail.com. And please, 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 if you're listening to this podcast right now, whatever platform you're on, please subscribe to uh, our podcast and rate and review it. We'd be very, very grateful. Uh, but before we get to Susie, I just want to celebrate a few people. Uh, Romano, G and Sarah M, I salute you for taking advantage of Strive's free month and you're currently experiencing our community, our Strive Method quests and our group coaching calls. So thank you for being brave and taking that vulnerable leap. Uh, Striver MF, I really want to salute you for being our winner of the week. Uh, MF won that award for stopping smoking while on his AFAF journey, and his throat, heart, and lungs also salute him. Uh, Striver Polly, I want to salute you for holding the number one spot on our Strive Method Quest leaderboard and also diving into the energy quest this week. I know you've got a lot on your plate, you are trying to balance and get that right blend of energy. So diving into energy quest this week, I salute you doing really great work as a role model here at Strive. So keep leading, keep being an inspiration. If you want to join Strive for a month for free, uh, join our Discord community, access to Strive Method Quest, and join our group coaching programs and get some coaching from yours truly, just email me at thestrivemethod.gmail.com and I'll open the door for you, okay? So without further ado, I will shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of our amazing, our incredible, our beautiful striver, Susie. All right, Susie, let's wing it. <laughs> um, 
Well, first of all, I want to say uh, congratulations. 254 days alcohol-free as fuck today. That's quite amazing. You know, it really is. I mean, I was saying to Liza the other day, I said to her, I think somebody posted on Instagram, eight years sober today. And I said to Liza, I don't get, I don't get that. Like why, um, at when you're eight years sober, aren't you just, isn't that just who you are? Like, why do you want to celebrate like who you are? It just becomes who you are. And Liza said to me, well, no, like for a lot of people, it's real. Those days are really important. Even if you go into like eight years, nine years, 10 years, 20, 30 years. And she, and Liza said that when, when she worked in the Shakti rising household in San Diego, um, celebrating those days, no matter whether it was one, seven, uh, 10,000 was like a really celebratory process and really important for everybody. And I, I never thought of it like that before because I don't give a shit. <laughs> so I don't give a shit. So I think nobody else gives a shit. So it was nice for me to hear that from her. Uh, where, where do you want day counts and that kind of thing? Uh, I have varied at different stages, um, but I think I've landed on the fact that I'm really happy to use it now. And that's because I'm happy with where I am. So um, there was a stage where it would be, oh, 40 days and then blip and then 60 days blip and then 10 days blip. And and um, and it, so it can start to do more harm than good. But ultimately, I yeah, I, I use it, but I also look forward to um, forgetting all about it as well, I guess. Mm. Mm. So we're not we're not going to see you celebrating your ten years. You might uh, do. I might change my mind. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it does change all the time. But yeah, I was um, watching the football last night, and my mobile phone was just on my lap as it usually is, and it pinged up Susie two hundred and fifty three days, and and then the next thing that came up was your check ins two hundred fifty three days. And then your check-in came up and then your wins came up. And for people listening, what I'm talking about here is our Discord community. So uh, Susie was typing into Discord. How important is that anchor been, that habit that you've cultivated over the last 254 days of, of checking in every day? How, how important has it been for you? Very. I think I'm quite I'm quite routined and ritualed um, and actually – because so I was a daily drinker. I wasn't a I wasn't a binge till I drop drinker. Um, I was a daily drink too much drinker. Um, so I'm quite habitual. And this is a yeah, this is a new well, it's not so new now, but this is a healthy ritual that I honor. Um, it's an important part of what I do, and I um and I always make sure I do it in the evening, for example. I might switch that around in the future, but um, I do it in the evening. Um, and, and at first, that was vitally important that I wouldn't post until I knew I wasn't, you know, until I knew I wasn't drinking that day. Now, I don't really even think about that necessarily, but I still do do maintain it at the same time of the day. Yeah, for it's some, important. For somebody, for somebody listening to this, Oh, well, actually, yeah, yeah. Somebody listening to this, or somebody who's on our email list, or their followers on social media, but they're not actually um, part of the Discord community, and they're not on the Zoom group calls. How could you explain to them what it is, what happens to you? Like, what are some of the things that happens to you as a human being when you are checking in? 
Like, like just explain this one. What is a checking in and what, what is it doing for you? What does posting your wins do for you? Because I can imagine some people are listening to this thinking, that's just a waste of time, isn't it? It's, it's like you're just, you're just like, you're just typing well, in. Yeah. And occasionally there is that element to it. Um, so occasionally you can't be bothered to do it. But that's the beauty of it, I think. So the value for me is about consistency. It's also about honesty. So it's a really good way to it's a really good way to practice being open and vulnerable and um talking about uh, sharing your experience basically. And that is less and less and less about alcohol, but I do bring um I do focus it towards that. Um, when it's relevant, I guess. Um, and either that is when I'm noticing huge improvements in my life because of what I'm achieving or it's, um, or it's something I found difficult or I use it as a vehicle to talk about, um, things that are coming up that I'm worried about. So say there's a big event in my life that's going to happen that I haven't done um alcohol free yet yeah i it, it's a planner and it's a reflector mm. and it's also really important to share your experience i think because it helps others and other people open up when you are sharing and they also give you support because they're you know they give you ideas or feedback on yeah on, on what you're talking about really yeah it's it's really good for accountability i think yeah it's so part of what I do now that I don't really think about it that that often, but it it is important to do so. But a big element of becoming alcohol-free, I think, is learning to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. So talking about your experience and your fears and worries, um, as well as your successes and your wins, is really important. Uh, I like the fact that you touched upon serving others, you know, like... Um in posting you're actually inspiring other people um and and more than that you you're you're actually becoming the cornerstone of the community you know it's like i i run several groups as you know like i have a men's group i have a, a poker community that i run as well and at the moment not a single soul will post in discord in this in the men's group and i have mm -hmm. people in the poker group going well, nobody's responding to my post, so I'm going to drop out. And I'm like, well, yeah. And, and if you drop out, then the community ceases to exist. So somebody, yeah. somebody has to somebody go has first. To yeah, yeah, somebody has to lead. And I think we've had conversations about that in the past, haven't we? When you've, when yeah. right at the beginning, when you've been like, you know, what's what's the point here? Like nobody's like interacting. No, no, keep going, yeah. keep going, because yeah. you're being a leader, and and that's really yeah. important, right? Yeah, it's it's massive, and I think uh, I think I've forgotten what I think. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? I think a massive part of successfully becoming alcohol free is community. So there are phrases. So I'm I'm not big on AA, for example, but there's elements of what they do that I think we actually automatically do because there's lots of good stuff out there. And one of the big elements is community and connection. But you learn so much by reading from other people's experiences and other people's struggles. You, you learn a huge amount and you get a lot of me too. And that helps make mm. the shame that you feel 
and the lack of trust that you feel within yourself shrivel up um, by talking about it. Because the more people talk about these things, the more they realize me too. Um, And the more you read somebody else having exactly the same experience, you start to realize, okay, this isn't me. This is the drug. And this is what it's doing because everybody's saying this about this. Everybody has this experience. And, and before you know it, yeah, you do, you, you, you unravel a problem. And you, and for people listening, uh, I'm sure you'll back me up here. (laughs) There's an element of taking your time as well. So as a Mm -hmm. guide and a leader, I I see people who post and they're very open and they talk about feelings. They talk about challenges. They, they share the things that are tripping them up and the things that are dragging them above the line. But then you get other people who check in and and it's very kind of rudimentary, right? It's like um, today I went to basketball and then I came home and I ate fried chicken for dinner and then I went to bed and and it's very rudimentary. They're not going into feeling. And then you get other people you can, you can see who are, sort of talking about their feelings but they're not really quite it's almost like a like a little plea for help like to witness me and see that there's something going on and so so you know if you're listening to this don't feel like if you join aa or you join strive or and i've got to emphasize like what we're talking about here connection and community it's not just about being alcohol free me and liza were talking about this other night that we're missing community and connection where we live and and we don't drink right so so you don't have to dive straight in with oh my god you know guess what when i was younger i was raped right like just just be like just talk about what you're doing and what you do for a living and just gradually get there that's what you did right yeah totally totally and yeah you go at your own pace and with Mm. what comfortable with and you also um you change massively particularly when you start to gain momentum and yeah your your nervous system calms right down the the more days that you get under your belt um you start to rely on yourself and so you'd start to talk in different ways um and talk about different things but it's but it's also hugely valuable when you're in early days to talk about um, triggers coming in left, right, and center and struggles and fears. And, um, and you don't have to, but for me personally, that, that helped a lot. What's your, what's your opinion on when you've, when you have been vulnerable and you have posted uh, strife is very different to AA in this respect, I guess. And then you get some people who are just there for you and they love you with empathy and compassion. And then you get someone like me sometimes who comes along with his masculine fix it hero energy. And I'm trying to like solve your problems for you. And then there's a part of me that thinks you need the empathy, you need the compassion, you need to love. And at some point it really helps if you have someone not calling you out the wrong word, but pushing you to your edge, challenging you. Um, What do you think about that? Generally speaking, I have learned to embrace that because actually in my experience, normally if if somebody's response has really triggered me, then normally that's a signpost that there's work that I need to do on it. So, and I trust that now. And and I might still, you know, I will still obviously have that reaction and and that now is a signpost for me as a as a, okay, what's going on here? What do I need to learn? And so I've learned to become less reactive, I guess. 
That's powerful. Like if you're listening to this, folks, what Susan just said is super powerful. You know, it's like because it, it 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 really helps in conflict situations. It helps avoid conflict really because rather than being like meeting somebody with aggression and being like, hey, you know, I don't like the way that you're talking to me, et cetera, et cetera. It allows us to self-reflect and go, oh, wow, how can I take responsibility for the way I'm responding to the fact that someone just told me what to do and I don't I don't like that. Like, do, do I have an yeah. issue with control? Yeah. Do I have an issue with approval? Do I feel unsafe? Where's that coming from and what work do I have to do? Um, and if we just respond with get out of my face, I'm going to run away from this community because I don't like it, you could be missing out on a really valuable piece of um, uh, growth, I guess, is the word, yeah. Totally. Um, there, so I've got one um, one example about this. So someone in our Strive community, and this is going back a quite a while now, used to suggest that I would eat earlier, uh, but I was still locked into really struggling. And eating earlier was 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 like, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, and it actually became quite a thing. And, you know, and I, I was kind of aware of it, but I became increasingly aware of it. And I became increasingly aware that that was just the the booze bitch on my back and now it is definitely me that drives us eating earlier than than later but yeah that's a classic example of of finding finding some advice really confronting and then and then and then realizing that that actually was where the gold was really Mm. um and it's and it's not it's not just about uh being alcohol free as fuck as i like to say as well is it because i i was just I was listening to a podcast lately. Uh, it's a great podcast. Uh, it, I think it's a Diary of a CEO. And the guy that he was interviewing was the lead who plays Deshane in Top Boy. His name's Ashley, Ashley something. I think it might be Ashley Walters. It's a brilliant podcast. Um, and Ashley Walters, he's talking about how he has a rift in his marriage because he is built to fix every problem his wife brings in. Like he he said he said on the podcast, like like the thought of me sitting down and listening to my wife talk about her problems just terrified. Like like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like if I can't fix her problems, then there's no point in me existing. Like it was really extreme. Yeah. And I, I bring that up because for me, strife has helped me to become more empathetic and more compassionate because I I have tried to fix then I have been met with resistance and defensiveness and uh, people asserting their boundaries. And then that's made me realize, oh, okay, this one-dimensional way of leading and guiding and pushing people doesn't work. People need, I think it's David Burns says, empathy has to come first before anything. If there's no empathy, there's nothing. And and, and I really know for many years when I created Stripe, I, I was always leading with fix-it energy versus empathy. So the whole community has really helped me. People like um, Anna, for example, when she posts, I, 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 Laurie is another one. Like I read their posts, I'm like, whoa, like this is so empathetic. This is so compassionate. And then you then try to put a bit of that into your post. So it's a, it's a really good learning ground, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting better with that personally, but I can also leap into fixed energy with other people at times. Yeah, you, you do. You learn a lot. And the reason I wanted to get, thanks for all of that, and the, the reason I wanted to get you on here is to talk about, sober vacations 
mm-hmm. uh, or holidays. I say vacations now because I'm half American. Look, I mean, it's a big, huge thing, right? I was talking to Doug Gelling uh, this week, actually, the podcast that was out before this one. And Doug was saying, look, there were just times when I drank. There was no thinking about it. It was just <laughs> par for the course. And one of those was the sunshine comes out. I'm going to drink today. I don't think about it. I'm in the matrix and I'm just going to go do it. And 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 for a lot of us, vacations and holidays are like that. Uh, we are, we're ready and preparing to go on a vacation or a holiday. And we know that it's going to be a lot of alcohol involved. And that is really difficult for us. You just went and just smashed it in terms of not being uh not drinking that's not to say that you had the most fabulous time we'll talk about that um so i really want to talk about how it was for you and maybe we could start by planning holiday like let's start by like you're planning it and what goes on for you when you're planning it susan well this year was quite an interesting one because i i didn't have the time necessarily to put into it than that I would have liked and it actually wasn't necessarily the the safest sober holiday I guess um but I also knew and trusted I would handle it now so I'm far enough along that I that I do trust myself to to deal with things but but in terms of planning I did think it through quite carefully so, for example, this year we went half board, but I decided against all inclusive. So all inclusive is a stage that I wasn't comfortable with yet, for example, that it would just be too easy to go to the bar and order anything that you wanted. Um, and I didn't want to put myself in that sort of knee jerk scenario. But, yeah, there was there was planning there was there was planning around sort of the difficult times of the day. So for me, that now would be the evening mainly. Um, and actually, so we I chose a half board solution, stupid, not stupidly, but knowing that 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 means I could eat because as soon as I've eaten, I'm not I'm not bothered. Yeah. So that's possibly as far as it went for this one. Um, in some ways, I'd like to be designing a completely different styled holiday in the future, but it's a family holiday, so it was around working for everybody. Hmm. Uh, let's just let's just stop there then, because uh, that that's really important. What you're what you're talking about here is um, is is a, is actually bringing more consciousness to the whole vacation holiday arrangement. So. When I was young, when I was drinking, for example, the organization of an organization of an holiday would literally be where's the sunshine? Where's the party going on? Um, how much are we going to spend? And it has to be all inclusive because it's going to spend too much money if we go out, right? Like and, and so and then and that just became again part of the course, right? You you just that's that's what your holiday is like. You wake up every morning very early, you put a flip-flop on one lounge at a flip-flop on another, a book on another, get there before the Germans, go back to bed for an hour and then and go out and be in the sun all day. And that kind of sticks in your head that that is what it is. What you're saying is, no, let's put some more thought into this as a way to protect our uh, sobriety. Because what you're saying is, I think, and, and please touch upon this more, how you change and organize your environment is really important for your sobriety. And just because you go and just because you think you can't, 
you're changing your environment and you're kind of like out of control because you're going to a different country. That's not necessarily so. You can help change that. That's what you're saying, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I, um, everything I operate from now puts sobriety as my number one priority. And if I can't safeguard something in a way that I'm comfortable, then I won't do it. But more importantly, I want to live. I want to live a much bigger life than I did. So, in some ways, this particular holiday was a bit of a compromise because actually, I'd quite like holidays to be far more adventurous and go horse riding for several days or something like you know, do something completely different to sitting around a pool and you know all the all the things that would maybe bring about boredom, that bring about drinking and and all that stuff, but. Yeah, I I do design my life around it um, to an extent. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about that sobriety number one in a minute. But again, just yeah. to just to reemphasize what what you're saying there, there are like my mum and dad right now are away in Salou. They've taken their um, granddaughter with them, bless them. And I pretty not much know my mum and dad's routine because they tell me when they go away, they'll get up in the morning, they'll have their breakfast, they'll go for a walk, et cetera, and they'll have a drink every day. That's what they do, right? Um, they won't go down the beach. They'll hang around the pool a little bit. But it's kind of – we get into patterns and routines. Yeah. Yet, actually, going to South Africa on a safari is also an holiday. Going to Iceland, which I did with uh, Liza and sightsee and going to museums and just relaxing and chilling – going around looking at nature is also a holiday. Going to Venice and going on a gondola and walking around the little streets is a holiday. It, it doesn't have to be sitting around a, a swimming lounge getting smashed, right? There, there are different – I guess what I'm saying is it's, we can think, what are we losing because I'm drinking? But yes. it's no, it's what am I gaining? What can I gain with this vacation experience, right? Yeah, to totally. Um and but you you also you also need to um i suppose be very aware particularly particularly as you're growing um in confidence and strength around this that we do still live in a very very alcohol centric society and as a, and that, and that's part, that is actually partly why um you almost have to design around it um, and and work with what you are and are not go going to be comfortable with, I guess. Um, and that that will change over time. So actually, this holiday was quite uncomfortable at times, but it was really, but it was really valuable because it it built a muscle. But it's also it's also draining at times. And I don't think I actually wanted to drink at any point on this holiday. But I also was uncomfortable at times. And and that and sometimes that's just sheer effort. And I do find that so personally at home, my husband doesn't drink um anymore. He was never a big drinker, so he kind of drank with me. Um, so our house is a is an easy, safe alcohol-free zone. So for me, and and some people, um, some people do this journey and they're their um partners continue to drink so so they they learn to become alcohol free with alcohol in their life every single day and i'm both deeply grateful that i don't but also can see how that would just normalize it straight away and once you've nailed it in your own environment every day so but 
for me, things like Christmas and holidays and things where I'm suddenly surrounded by other people and then alcohol floods in, basically, that I can find that quite draining. So, so yeah, in, in some ways it was very useful to build that muscle mm. uh, and, and normalize it. And the more you normalize it, you know, if I, if I think back to sort of day ones or the first experiences I had when I would go out to a restaurant, you know, they, they would be excruciating. And now it's just mildly uncomfortable at times just because it's there and soon that will be it doesn't even register and and there were plenty of occasions and times on this holiday where it won't have even registered you know I've reached that point in some ways and then I haven't in others so yeah it's it's kind of an awareness around those sorts of things but also having your own back is is really important I think um, and a big part of it. Hi Strivers, a quick pause from our regular programming for a golden ticket you won't want to pass up. So October's looming and you know what that means, Sober October. So if you've been wrestling with a booze or just want to give sobriety a test drive, then I've got a deal for you. I am throwing the doors of the Strive community wide open and guess what? It's free until November the 1st. Yeah, you heard me right. Free, nada, zip, zilch. So what's cooking in the Strive pot? Well, first off, you get to hang with a kick-ass community of people just like you. And secondly, I will personally be leading weekly Zoom group coaching sessions that you won't want to miss. Lastly, you get your hands on our game-changing Strive method. Feeling intrigued? Want in? Or shoot me an email at thestridemethod.gmail.com and we'll hook you up. Remember, you've got until November 1st to snag this sweet deal and trust me, you'll thank yourself later. While you're thinking on that, let's get back to the action. Thank you for listening. When you said sobriety is your number one, but basically sobriety is number one, and you basically design your life around sobriety. I remember yes. I remember many years ago really pushing you towards an ideal and yes. receiving a lot of resistance. Yeah. Talk to <laughs> talk to the people at home about the resistance, what goes on for you, and then how you actually turn that around and how crucial it is to do that. Well, it's almost hard to remember that resistance now, which is good. But for me, I had to surrender. And then I learned that the, that surrender is beautiful. I do distinctly remember uh, remember one particular occasion where um, I was really struggling not to drink and was having a couple of hours where I, you know, I was really close and I surrendered, which looked like just bursting into tears um, and recovered. And and then and then the power you get from achieving those sorts of things actually becomes something that you learn to rely on in itself. But in terms of the resistance and breaking that down when you're in the thick of it, it's all around belief systems and it's all around the value you place on alcohol. And it's all around doing the doing the consistent work to break down that value. And for me, that was reading lots of books, spending lots of time with other people uh, on Strive and other communities that just doing the work ultimately, um, doing the work of remapping your own your own belief systems and your own values around something 
and learning and stripping it down and um and yeah get and getting vulnerable ultimately and you you're you're your own best teacher because because people who have had lots of day ones um like i have you'll never ever ever regret a single day sober um you'll never go to bed going oh god i wish i'd drunk tonight it, it just won't happen and you'll never you'll never not regret however bad and triggering and whatever you go through you will never re- regret going to bed sober <laughs> I don't, I don't, i'm kind of making that polar opposite you will never get into bed going oh you know i wish i'd drunk you just won't and that's what keeps people coming back and that's what keeps people who are lurking listening to podcasts like this right now struggling to to do it and struggling to have the courage to to do it they're listening because they they know they know fully well that there there's something better out there and they just need to have the will and the faith and the trust to do it and it does uh, make a diff- it does make a difference doesn't it i mean yeah go on to the next part which was like what had what does happen when you make sobriety your number one it makes it easier in a way um but the surrender surrender is the big part you know i actually became willing to go let it all go then you know let it all go friends whatever let's see what happens um and let it all go i'm just going to do this um and what happens is stuff happens you know some friendships go you go through different phases um some things are really painful and then time moves on and you realize with friendships as an example that everything's moving on to exactly where it should be and and if that if that friendship falls away for example it wasn't it wasn't the friendship you maybe thought it was but all the time you're developing a friendship with yourself um and then you're going on to develop it, it's like um it's it's like the un, trusting the universe has your back and getting a bit woo woo about it and just putting your faith in your faith in your own integrity and following that path and things then will open up for you um and they do they do and your life changes and transforms is it always easy and are are there always unicorns and bunnies jumping around definitely not but it becomes it it's it's just worth it it's worth the effort yeah it's like the brené brown um phrase of of um i'll spend time with you if you're in the arena and if you're not you know jog on <laughs> jog on <laughs> jog on it's like yeah. and it's worth remembering you know when but susie just said um something about having faith in your integrity yes uh, i think it's really important to remember that a big vital part of integrity is getting back into it when we fall out of it and absolutely making it a given that you will fall out of it like we will not go from birth to death staying within integrity we we have to be practiced and feel what it's like to be out of integrity to disappoint ourselves disappoint other people but then to make it right and and that that's what day ones are all about right yeah they are and i, I don't regret a single one of them now <laughs> um mm-hmm. if i had one tomorrow i wouldn't be saying that you know you never feel that at the time it feels it feels excruciating the more effort that you put into getting this the more painful it is when you fall 
However, <laughs> you have to just keep getting up and, and moving on and keep doing it and keep doing it and it and it will stick. Yeah, it can be quite brutal. <laughs> there are other people, of course. There are other people, of course, that that will go for something and then they'll they'll just they'll just sail on straight away. Um, Lee, you you were one of those people. Yeah, and you know there are there are plenty of people who will do that. I wasn't one of those people. <laughs> so, mm. um, but but there's there's beauty in the tenacity that I built around that. I guess, yeah. I definitely yeah, know in myself more. Yeah, in our relationship, um, as me as uh, as a guide, so to speak, and helping you from get from A to B, not from A to Z, just from A to B, maybe from A to A plus. I definitely believe. I don't know. I'd be interested in your thoughts here. That there was a big shift that happened in my own development. I think in my own growth as a leader, which I I hope had an impact on you. And that was that was a little bit what we talked about earlier on is to stop is I stopped trying to help you and I focused on helping you see that you had all the answers and the power within yourself to change. Like I, I remember a moment where I was like, Lee, you're not helping. So you think you're helping her, but you're not. This is a super powerful woman who has everything she needs to change within herself. And if you can get her to see that instead of, holding her hand and dragging her out of the bar, so to speak, she'll get it. And then I see from that in, in my own worldview, like you getting that and seeing that and trusting yourself more and more and more and more and more, right? Do you recollect that coming up in our um, journey? Or is that, that just my thinking? Uh, no, it doesn't mean it does, It didn't exist. It might mean that I was too bogged down to have seen, you know, seen what you could see at that mm. stage. I do know I um, had one-on-one -on -one coaching with you, and I do know I will have chosen to do that because I was ready to commit. However, during that time that we were coaching, I was still having, uh, I was still, I, you know, I was still having day ones. I was having less and less. But I it's all a path. So I do I do believe that that was my first stake in the ground and commitment to really give give this all I had. And mm. although I although I continued to trip up, it will have been a, an integral part of me getting to where I am now, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's you know, there's a whole host. I think that's what I mean by the sort of the the universe will open up in these ways. You know, there's there's a lot of other things that I've done that I would attribute to my success but ultimately as you say you're the only one that can do it and actually maybe one of the things for me was was actually learning learning that I needed to rely on myself probably probably for the first time in a consistent way exactly yeah exactly so going back to the going back to the holiday Yes. You have a daughter and you have a husband. And when you're organizing holidays, there's got to be a win, win, win there. How, how, how does it, how does it go for you? Like, uh, how does, how, cause you say you're, you, there's a little bit of an edginess and a little bit of an unease. Does, does that get, does, is that, is there any transference there to, to your daughter and your husband, do you think? Probably. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were sort of spats or tense moments. And that sort of thing. I didn't necessarily talk about it that much. And so in terms of alcohol, I think there was one occasion where I had a chat with my husband about 
why I was why I was designing things in a certain way, I guess. But mm. generally speaking, I didn't really talk about it this time. I have done in the past, but we have reached a point where we have reached a point where they I am just I am just me <laughs> who doesn't drink. You know, they take it for granted. And I'm happy for them to do that. Um, and I trust myself to remind them if I need to, <laughs> which, of course, with a nine year old, I, I'm not going to or, or need to, um, although she is my um, she's my biggest advocate on this subject. Uh, you you with children, you you get the rewards you need for yourself. You you see your relationship with your children changing massively and you see them relax. You know, they they visibly relax and learn to rely on you, I guess, in a different way. And that can actually be really hard and painful to experience because you realize how how much you've let them down previously, I guess. But at the same rate. At the same rate, I'm a. I don't dwell on that sort of thing too much because because there's there's a whole world out there who will never even try to get to this point, um, and that's just life and reality. And and I was one of the you know my parents always drank, so I um yeah that was my experience too. And actually, that's partly shaped me wanting to to change that for for my children. There was a beautiful moment you posted when you was away, uh, where it's one of the greatest posts I've ever seen, where you were saying that you can point me in the right direction here, but it was something about how your husband was all of a sudden, because he had trusted that you, you he's not now looking over his shoulder or waiting for you to fail and, and uh, to, for him to feel let down, not that you let him down. So now he feels more secure in his energy. And then now all of a sudden that transmutes to you and you feel secure in your energy. And then obviously your daughter's obviously then going to feel secure because she feels it's security within her parents. Cause you know, kids make everything about them. So if they hear their, if they feel the tension, they, they think it's because of them. Talk yeah. about that a little bit. Talk about how your energy changes when you, when you stop drinking and how that can impact relationships. Well, it doesn't necessarily at first when you are in the thick of early days, because sometimes actually you're a load more tense at different times because you're you're working really, really hard to achieve something. But even then, even within the even within the thick of something like that, uh, you're still you're still showing up in a completely different way. And it's amazing how it's amazing how your children sense those sorts of things, but I'm not answering the question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's the same. It's it's you know when you're saying your so I use this example here. My daughter would much rather Liza take it to bed than me because I have a very masculine get to bed. It's bedtime. Very kind of like structure orientated uh, regime about me and Liza's more do you want another story let me give you a massage she's like much more nurturing so like Zia Zia just feels different energy from us and she and she she's like she tells you dad I feel safer with mom and and I don't take that as being like a bad thing I take that as being I can totally see why you would feel safer with your mom 
And that's something for me to look at, right? So yeah. certainly when you're drinking and your children or your wife don't know who you are, they're not going to feel safe. Like every human being needs that security. And what I saw in that post was, yes, there are times through this whole thing where, because you're always working on yourself, right? You, you, so you're always going to be dysregulated and you're always going to trigger your husband and your kids and vice versa. But in this one moment, there was that realization that, wow, things have changed because I've just experienced that he's really calm now. I, I can see that. My self-awareness is raised towards that. And I pointed out to you, yeah, the reason he's calm is because you're calm. Like it, you're, It's like attachment styles. If yeah. you're avoidant, if you're avoidant and he's anxious, you're going to repel each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. But now you've moved more into secure. Yes. He's moving more from anxious into secure. And then that makes you stay insecure because you don't need to be avoiding anymore because he's not as needy, right? I imagine. Like I imagine there's times he can be needy, but in that post, it was it, there was no neediness. There was just he is secure. So I now feel secure. And that that's yeah. a result of no drink. Yeah, totally it is. And you find your voice in a very different way as well. Um, you learn you don't even consciously learn it or I haven't consciously learned it, but you learn to demand respect because firstly, I think you're just generally respecting yourself, but you're also just conscious and calm and are able to say what is and isn't okay for you. And if something isn't okay for you, you will, you, you will deal with it. But yeah, in terms of, in terms of, your own family relaxing around you, you just it you just see it. And it just happens. And if it's not happening, you also learn to distinguish what's on them and what's on you. So, you know, you you do I do read about some people whose partners maybe aren't trusting them and 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 actually are causing a lot of triggers. Um, and I've had that in the past as well. So um, my husband would used to say, and it used to really wind me up. <laughs> um, he used to say, are you safe? So if I was sounding wound up on a phone call, for example, he would say, are you safe? And I should see that I sh should potentially see that as really caring, but it really wound me up. Um, <laughs> and it used to be a real, well, I, I was safe, but I'm not sure I am now because, because it triggered me, but he doesn't, he, I don't remember the last time he asked that question. Yeah. But yeah, I think the point I was trying to make is you, you do learn sometimes, sometimes it's not about you. It's about the other person's fears or worries or need for control or, or whatever that might be. Yeah. And you, and you recognize that more, the more work you do on yourself. So yeah. what I think happens in Strive is we are really are raising our self-awareness. So yes. then all, all of a sudden we can see that our partner's inner child is activated and they're trying to get us to change. So in that mm -hmm. moment, we can see that it's not about us, it's about them. And then we can move into this empathic, compassionate yeah. self to be there for them without Absolutely. without doing it below the line, below the line. Like this yes. is your this is your shit to fucking deal with, not my shit. Right. Or or not even yeah. shouting or using like words. It's kind of like, yeah, but that's your problem. No, recognize that they've got an issue and then just listen to them and be there for them. And, and all of this shit is 
so difficult. Like this this yeah. morning, you know, I said to Eliza, how are you doing? And she said, not good. Uh, she told me about um, a situation that was going on for her work-wise. And, and I'm having a conversation in my head. Like I, 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 even now, I'm still not natural at it. I'm having a conversation in my head. Shit, shit, shit. Here's the moment. Here's the moment. You've got to show up. What have you got to do? <laughs> Don't fix it. Don't fix it. And that in itself is uh, trying to lead you into dysregulation. So, you know, take your time. I, I think if people around you who love you can see that you're trying, uh, that that's the key thing, right? That's the key thing. Yeah, it is the key thing. What else? Uh, you know, we got a couple more minutes before you trot off. Anything else about the holiday this time around that was um, well, anything the- you'll do differently next time? Well, I'll bring last year's holiday into it for a, for a brief moment. What one is to see how far I've come along, but two, two, I, I am um, last year. I was we went away for two weeks again, and I drank for five of those days, and I'd made a pact with myself. So I wasn't as far on as I was this year. Um, so last year, I made a pact with myself before I went, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to be sober. Um, however, if, if I'm really, really, really miserable, I probably will drink. That's kind of the attitude I went into last year's holiday with. And of course that teeny tiny, um, maybe is, is, um, all it takes to of course ensure that your holiday is absolutely horrendous until you drink. So I did drink. I had four nights running where I drank, and um, but I made a pact with my husband that I wouldn't drink getting ready. So I would have a couple of glasses of wine with dinner. But the so the powerful thing for me was that I continued all the good habits that I'd been generating because I was largely alcohol free by this point, um, and so I carried on journaling. And normally I would journal in the morning, but on this holiday, I was journaling after I'd put my daughter to bed. So after my two glasses of wine. And so I wrote for three pages every day, how much I wished I hadn't had those two glasses of wine, how I preferred my um, fully present state. And it was the best thing I could have possibly done because I finally broke down. And by the way, I'm not giving anyone permission. <laughs> I'm not giving anyone permission. However, really deeply, without even realizing it, I was really deeply experimenting because I was writing about my experience during my experience. And what I did was talk myself out of moderation. So before that, um, I'd had this, if only I could be one of those people that could drink, you know, a, a couple of glasses of wine. And there I was drinking a couple of glasses of wine, totally capable to hold a pen and write and write for three pages and showing myself that I didn't actually want that. Um, so it's the best thing that could have happened. Um, yeah. And that stands for me with this whole journey, really, I think that, um, that I realized that that it's just not it's just not worth it. And if I look through all the agony that went through that I went through for for those four days, the nicest thing about the rest of that holiday was then really freely not drinking because I just proved to myself that it wasn't what I wanted. I did, it, it, this, 
difficult to show like how important community is, I think, as well. You know, I know I know you're on your own there. You're on your own journaling. But the fact that you as a part of the community and you got into that practice of journaling, I I could have I there's a lot of people who can easily not learn that lesson in that moment because they're not as conscious. It's almost like you were yeah. drinking above the line. Like you'd made well, a decision then. to consciously drink uh, dinner and part of that agreement you had for yourself was, well, I can drink, but I am, I have to analyze this afterwards and really assess if the value that I perceive is there actually exists. Like this Lee Davy keeps banging on about there's no value. Let's actually see if this is true. And then you realize, well, actually, the value that I'm getting is either zero or it's barely perceptible. Or actually, I can now feel that the gains that I get from being sober far outreach anything that I'm getting with these two glasses of wine. So, like, there is gold to be. And for me, it was just too, and it was just too much work. You know, it was actually really, it was really, really hard to get to that point in the evening um, and have that glass of wine. And as soon as you're working on all of this stuff, it's still in your mind a failure. So you don't really actually relax and enjoy it anymore Mm. anyway. And that's that's what can suck about this process. You know, you can go through a period when you're struggling with this that you wish you'd never started. And I definitely had that experience for quite a long time, but I don't have that experience now. Definitely not. But the struggle is real, but it is part of the process, and it's part of um, it's part of getting out the other side. Yeah, you you don't grow um, without the struggle. I just want to put one more thing in here and 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 let you and throw the ball to you for you to finish, uh, and then we'll call it time. But for mm-hmm. people listening, we are talking about the struggles that come with a vacation, stroke holiday when we're drinking or when we stop drinking, etc. But I want to I want to just share my personal story very quickly. I don't drink and I haven't drunk for a long, long time. And I can tell you when it comes to preparing a vacation, I get very anxious. I get very overwhelmed. And when I get on the vacation, I find it very, very difficult to relax and chill out. And I don't drink. Now, just let that land for you a moment, right? What what I'm saying is sometimes our alcohol can take front and center and we think that we need to drink and, and drinking is causing this. And But really, it's not. Like my, my work is my work. My work is I'm so comfortable at running away and hiding in my work that when the work's not there because I got vacation uh, and I don't have a roadmap, my little child gets a little bit uncomfortable because when I was, when I was younger, that never happened. So it's not always uh, it's not always about the booze it's a huge thing but you can yeah. but i really the thing i'm saying this is don't stop drinking go on an holiday have a miserable time and think you need to drink no it, it, it's not you're not it's not miserable just because you're not drinking there may be other things happening in yes. your psyche do you want to comment on that yeah um so the i agree with that completely and um there have been a lot of things since I've stopped that I've realized were real problems, things like depressed feelings. Um, although although for me, over time, they are all lifting as, as I get further and further away from alcohol. But but the, the bottom line with all of it is 
even if you then realize, oh, well, that wasn't drink, that's actually really, that's really rubbish. Um, you know, this, this area of my life is really hard, or I really do struggle with that relationship. And there's a real reason behind it, or whatever it might be, or, or, okay, I am that age. So I probably am perimenopausal. The The point is, whatever those things are, you start to fix them. And it doesn't necessarily feel any more comfortable in the moment. But over time, as you keep fixing one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, that your life's changing and you are fixing stuff and life is getting better and amazingly so. And then you'll have a flashback um, to how small and difficult your life was and how much you were living in fear and pain a lot of the time without realizing it. So yeah, uh, it's not always alcohol, but quite often you're using alcohol or I was quite often using alcohol to to numb or soothe the stuff I was struggling with. You know, it it's um and that's the one thing that's the one thing I've had to learn to to live with. Alcohol is effective at numbing stuff in the moment. So I've had to learn how to, um, as you would call it, increase my window of tolerance around not needing to numb difficult emotions and to be with those difficult emotions. And that's hugely powerful in itself, you know, and to just sit and be un- really uncomfortable. And and those moments do come because it is part of getting out of it. Well, thank you, Susie, for being a guest and sharing some advice and just sharing your ex- and sometimes it's not just advice, it's just sharing your experience about going on holidays and and just struggles and things that work for you not. A lot of people will really get a lot out of this. I just want to take the opportunity to just say a uh, big thank you for the work you're doing in Stride. You're such an inspiration. Uh, you're the glue that kind of holds it all together. Uh, new people that come on there who are sitting in the sidelines. You know, they they are being inspired by every single post that you write. And I just want to say you're an amazing mom and you're an amazing uh, wife. And being somebody who's been in a relationship with somebody who drinks a lot, uh, I can tell you that without even knowing him, that your husband will be, uh, everything around him will be changing as a result of your decision to be showing up more in your relationship. And I, and I just want to thank you for that, for them both. Like, it's huge what you've done. Because it's not as easy as saying, because we've all been there and we've tried it, right? Yeah, do it for the kids. It doesn't work like that, right? Like, it doesn't. But ultimately, when we do, yeah, it is such it is such powerful yeah. change. Yeah, you, you have to ultimately do it for yourself. You yeah. really, or, or that's my experience, um, that you really have to do it for yourself ultimately. But of course, doing something for yourself and then that having a huge positive impact on those you love is for yourself. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And yeah, thank you, Lee. Um, thank you for all your dedication with Strive. Because um, you are the you were the safe place for me. You always were, whether 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 I was really struggling, whether I had stopped even trying. You're the only community that is a safe place to to be warts and all, I guess. Mm. And in being allowed to be that, um, it's taken me quite a long time. But in, in being allowed to to be that, um, 
has made me feel safe enough to to finally nail it. So no, thank, thank you. And I, I I I appreciate that. And I think I think it's getting safer the more the more work I do on myself as well because uh, I, I, I attract more people of that like and I'm more I'm more likely to identify the fixes and have a word of them whereas before I would think they were helping um so I think it continued and and let's just say as well it's not just it's not just stride there are other communities that have really really helped you yeah there are yeah there are but it does always ultimately come back to one thing which is the only person that fixes it ultimately is is yourself yourself. and and you've said that you that was one of the clinches for me as well um i think i was asking you about different communities at one point and you said any and all of them can work um if you make it work because it's actually ultimately down to you um yeah and you were totally right yeah, um, even if even if we if we if we don't like an AA or we don't like Strive or whatever, but we're like, no, we're going to make this work. We'll just make it work. I mean, it, yeah. it's it, the same with a diet or any or any area. You know, hmm. ultimately, we're the only ones that can actually make the change. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go and uh, let's do this again another time. I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, have a nice day, Susie. Thank you, Lee. You too. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Just a few thank yous. First of all, I want to thank uh, you guys and girls for listening to this podcast and being supporters of it. Many people stop drinking alcohol just by listening to this podcast. I got a lot of people reaching out to me, thanking me for that, right? So give this to somebody as a gift today or rate and review the podcast. If you can rate and review the podcast on your local podcast player and tell somebody about it, you could change somebody's life today, okay? So thank you for listening and thank you in advice in advance for that piece of service. Also want to thank our producer, Stan. Um, Stan is still currently in the Ukraine fighting the war and producing our podcast while his family is somewhere else in the world right now. Okay. Apart from him. So everybody send out your prayers and your love. Stan, we love you. Thank you very much for everything you do here. For you out there, if you are starting to think about, contemplate, uh, reflect on your relationship with alcohol. You do not have to do this alone. Yes, you drink alone, but you don't have to stop alone. Okay. And if alcohol is not your thing, but you are starting to feel that you actually are living a parts led life, the ego is getting in the way too much. So you're not happy with the way life is going. Then reach out to us at the strife method at gmail.com. Just say Lee and just tell me what is on your mind. And we'll start to have that conversation. Strive community is a beautiful place where you can start to feel seen, heard, and matter. It's where you can get community, and it's where you can start practicing what we call the eight C's of self, our core values, right? Or creativity, curiosity, uh, connection, compassion, courage. Uh, I can't remember the rest of them, but there's eight of them, right? And we have our quest structure. So we have assignments, and they're really interesting, exciting. At the end of them, we say to you, come on. Do this quest, right? Get involved in this challenge. Um, and strivers are really finding it exciting. And they're working their challenges in these areas that are going to increase the amount of time they spend in self-energy, in a state of flow. And that is has amazing repercussions for the relationship you grow with yourself and for how you how you reach out to others in their life, like how you parent, how you um, are as a child to your, not child, but a son or a daughter, how you are in your relationship with the person you share your bed with and how you behave with your employees, right? So reach out to me at strivemethod at gmail.com if you want to learn more. Okay, much love, everybody.